0: first kings chapter 19 and i'm going to read from verse one onwards first kings chapter 19 from verse one onwards please pray this prayer after me lord open my eyes to see your truth lord open my ears to hear your truth lord open my mind to receive your truth lord open my heart to keep your truth Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. 1st Kings chapter 19, and I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had slain all the prophets of Baal with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not your life as a life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid and arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba of Judah over 80 miles and out of Jezebel's realm and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a lone broom or juniper tree and asked that he might die. He said, it is enough now, O Lord, take my life, oh, take away my life, for I am no better than my fathers. As he lay asleep under the broom or juniper tree, behold an angel touched him and said to him, "Arise and eat." And he looked and behold there was a cake baked on the coals and a bottle of water at his head. And he ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and nights to Horeb, the mount of God. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind rent the mountains and broke in, Pieces of rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire, a sound of gentle stillness and a still small voice. When Elijah heard the voice, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and slain your prophets with a sword. And I, I only am left, and they seek my life to destroy it. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Haziel." to be king over Syria. And anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, to be king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, the son of Shephat of Abel-Moholah, to be prophet in your place. And him who escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu, shall slay. And him who escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha, shall slay. Yet I will leave myself 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that is not kissed him. So Elisha, so Elijah left there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, whose ploughing was being done with twelve yoke of oxen, and he drove the twelfth. Elijah crossed over him and cast his mantle upon him. Praise be to God. We're gonna stop right here as the Holy Spirit wants me to. I'm gonna go take you to the beginning of this chapter. Now, Ahab tells Jezebel all that Elijah had done. I want you to read chapter 18 later on by yourself. When you read 18, you'll know what came after 18 and 19 and what was before 19 and 18 for you to understand the context of what the scriptures talk about in 19. So Ahab is telling Jezebel all that had happened about the the fire coming from heaven and about all the prophets of Baal. They were all screaming and they were crying out to their gods and nothing happened and only the God of Elijah answered by fire. And because of that, what happened? The prophets of Baal were put to death. So now Jezebel is angry. She's furious. She's saying that Look, I'm going to do to Elijah what you know, he did to my prophets. Now, she has killed many, many, many of God's prophets. But there's a vengeance that you see in Jezebel's life, where there's a demonic spirit that is moving her to take vengeance over Elijah. It's a prophecy that God is giving to us at this hour. He who touches you touches the apple of God's eye. When God wants to accomplish something through you, when God wants to accomplish something through you, God will cause that which needs to be accomplished to be accomplished as long as you do the will of God. As long as you obey God and as long as you do the will of God, whatever God wants to do through you will be accomplished. Now always remember, when you do the will of God, I mean, accomplish what God wants you to accomplish, especially when you disturb hell. When you disturb hell, all hell will come against you. That's what happened to Elijah. Elijah brought heaven down to earth. When you bring heaven down to earth, you you put a stop to hell's activity. When heaven is on the scene, You put a stop to hell's activity. Jesus, when he healed the sick, when he cleansed the lepers, when he set the demon possessed free, the Bible says the kingdom of God was in their midst. What was the kingdom of God doing? The kingdom of God was overtaking the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of God is full of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That means there's no sickness, there's no sin, there's no death, and there's no chaos, and there's no disorder in the kingdom of God. But in the kingdom of darkness, is sickness, is death, and it's sin, and chaos, and all kinds of things in the kingdom of darkness. When the kingdom of God comes to our midst, it overtakes the kingdom of darkness, which has more power, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan. The kingdom of God has more power than the kingdom of Satan. So when the kingdom of God comes down to where we are, it will overtake the kingdom of darkness. This is why Jesus taught his disciples to pray this way. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. When the kingdom of God comes and it descends down to where we are, it will put a stop to the kingdom of darkness. That means when God comes to the scene, he will heal the sick. He will drive out the demons. He will cleanse the lepers. There'll be miracles taking place when the kingdom of God is upon the earth. When that happens, what happens is the kingdom of darkness is brought to a halt because God is working now. Sickness needed to go. Sin needs to go. Whatever needs to go, it's being occupied by the kingdom of light. God, he comes there and he takes over the kingdom of darkness. When this happens, you know what the enemy will do? He'll do exactly like what Jezebel did. He'll come and say, well, you are doing this to my kingdom. Look what I'm going to do to you. Look what I'm going to do to you. Look what I'm going to do to your health. Look what I'm going to do to your family. Look what I'm going to do this. What is he doing? He's spewing threats. Through Jezebel, she sent a threat to Elijah, Jezebel, sent a messenger to Elijah. And what did she say? So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. So she's issuing a threat. And she's capable of fulfilling it because she has the power to do so on earth. So she says, tomorrow, by this time, look what I'm going to do to you. You touched my prophets. Look what I'm going to do to you. Elijah was a man of God who walked with God. So when you look at Elijah here, the enemy is working through Jezebel, and now the enemy wants to take Elijah's life. Enemy, The enemy through Jezebel wanted to take Elijah's life. Because of that, what happened? She planned his death. She planned his death, and she is... Issuing that death sentence through the messenger saying that tomorrow by this time, Elijah, you shall be dead. This is the word of Satan over the life of the man of God. God has given us his word. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. So when we are walking with God and that scripture is for those who serve God. He This is the heritage of the servants of God. So God gives that assurance that I will protect you, I will be with you, I will prosper you, and no one can touch you. Now, Elijah was under God's care. The very same Elijah who went to Ahab and who prophesied saying that it's never going to rain until I come and tell you so. The very same Elijah who was on top of Mount Carmel, who brought fire from heaven, who saw God stop The works are the enemy. Now, he's pursued by the enemy. When the enemy says, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take your life. Now you look at Elijah. Elijah took off from there. Because he was afraid and rose and went for his life. You see Elijah here, he heard this death threat and he knew that this was real. But there's something that is very unique in Elijah because Elijah is a man of God. He will not want to go into the hand of this Baal worshiper. So what is he doing here? Once he heard that death sentence... He removes himself from where he was. Then he's going towards God. His direction now turns towards God. He was afraid for his life. That means he took the death sentence very seriously. Now he moves out of where he was. He's moving from there. And he's going in a different direction. The Bible says here in verse 4, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a lone broom or juniper tree and asked that he might die. You have to look at this prayer. If you don't have this prayer and if the sentence stops right there, you can say, oh, maybe he was so depressed and, and because of that, you know, he didn't want to live. If you look over here, you see Elijah's prayer here. This woman is after his life. And he wants to go as a man of God. The direction that God wants him to go, now you have suddenly, after doing the will of God, he's facing this opposition here. Because Elijah was a threat to Jezebel, Jezebel is coming after Elijah here. So, you see two things here one is the enemy's threat and two is what the threat can do when satan says something it has darkness to it when satan speaks those words are not ordinary words it's not like someone coming and say hey i'm going to kill you tomorrow when satan moves a person to say something it carries darkness It carries an element of fear. It carries something that is unsettling. It carries the fragrance of death. Now Elijah experienced that. When he heard this death threat from Jezebel, he experienced that fear that came with it because it was from Satan. When God speaks, we feel peace. When Satan speaks, we feel fear. Now, we have to know, Elijah's response was very different. Elijah didn't say, well, I'm so afraid that I surrender to you, Jezebel, and I'm not going to worship God anymore, and I'm so scared of my life that I surrender to you. No, Elijah never did that. Elijah was a prophet of God. But he experienced that fear. Psalmist says, in the book of Psalms, What time? I'm afraid I will trust in you. When the enemy comes and he says something, it can sometimes accompany an element of fear with it. It doesn't mean that we should give into it. It can carry that element of fear where it can make you feel like there's no way out of this. But it's at that time you turn towards God. It's at that time you turn away from where the enemy is And you change the direction, you start walking towards God. Now you see Elijah here. I'm going to read verse 3 again. Then he was afraid and arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba of Judah, 40 over 80 miles and out of Jezebel's realm and left his servant there. Now he had a servant. He's leaving his servant there. And he's going out of Jezebel's realm. He's moving out of Jezebel's realm, and he was coming to Beersheba of Judah, a direction opposite to where Jezebel was. He walked for a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a lone broom or juniper tree, and as that, he might die. He said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my Fathers, what is happening with him? What is happening with Elijah? Elijah is moving away from Jezebel's realm and he's going into a different direction where he can go and talk with God. He feels the burden of it. And what is his burden? His burden is, I've done so much for these people. I brought fire from heaven and I've shown the glory of God here. And yet they're not pursuing God. Yet they are only after killing his prophets. What is the point in serving these people? What is the point in showing these people the living God? What is the point in doing all of these things? He felt tired. He said, Lord, I'm ready to come to be with you. I've tried everything, Lord. He felt like a man of God. Who has done so much but has not gotten through to these people. The nation has not turned back to God. Even though the previous day it was all glorious. Then you see it is Jezebel coming after Elijah. He leaves his place of a victory. He's moving now. After accomplishing such great, mighty victory, he's moving now away from where Jezebel was. He's going in the opposite direction to talk to God. We have to understand Elijah was a man led by God. He never moved until God told him to move. He never did a thing without God telling him to do. Now here, when when Jezebel came, and issued that death threat. He had this fear inside of him as to what she's going to do. And going into the hands of the enemy is not a joke. After you killed all the prophets and he's going to get you. And this enemy is a Baal worshiper. He said, I don't want to go into her hands. Let me go to God. He took a different direction there. And he goes to this place, wilderness place. And he sits under this juniper tree and he's talking to God and he's saying, Lord, I'll come to you. My ministry is done. I've completed everything. I brought fire from heaven and these people are not turning towards you. It's not working, Lord. What I'm doing is not working, Lord. Just take me. I'll come to be with you. When he says, I'm no better than my fathers," He's talking about the people who did ministry. I'm doing so much. I've done all this. And these people are not turning towards the living God. Lord, I've done everything. Just take me home, Lord. Let me die. He was such a pleasing Servant of God with such faith in God. God decided you're not going to see any death. Jezebel tried to threaten you to take your life. You're not even going to see death. This is how powerful our God is. Whatever the enemy tries to do, enemy spews those threats. God not only keeps us from the hands of the enemy, God does something far more glorious. God does something far more greater. He's going and asking God for something. Lord, my ministry is over. I'm done serving you, Lord. I've done everything. Just call me home. The same people, stiff-necked people, people who don't want you, I'm trying to turn their hearts to you. And look how they are. They're trying to kill me. I can't be serving here like this. So take me home, Lord. I'm coming home. Call me home. Let me die. He's praying to God Almighty. We have to understand this is very different from the demonic sayings that people post a lot of times. Saying that Elijah was suicidal. He was not suicidal. He's talking to God and he's saying, Father, take me. I'm done with this work over here. There's no point in working with these people I'm done with the work. Take me home. He's talking to God. He didn't say, well, I'm sick and tired of living. And he didn't try to take his life. That's very different. Elijah was not suicidal. Elijah was sick and tired of this generation, these people. No matter how much you bring the power of God to them, they're so wicked. He was burning with passion for God. And his heart was so heavy seeing The state of Israel and this king's wife, Jezebel, who's so bent on having this Baal worship in the land of God's people. And so Elijah says, Lord, I'll come, take me. Elijah was ready to go. Lord, I'll come, take me. I'm not bigger than my forefathers. Who were there and who stood for you. I'm not able to accomplish this. These people are so wicked. Take me home. He's talking to God and then after that he fell asleep. He was not like this anxious, bitter person who was sitting there or a fearful person who's saying, I don't know what to do. You know, maybe um Jezebel may come looking for me over here. I'm not able to sleep, and he was not like in anxiety. He was not an anxious person. He spoke to God and he told what he felt in his heart to God and he fell asleep. The peace of God was over him. No matter what opposition Elijah faced, there was this peace of God that was over him. that He was able to lay down and sleep. He was tired. He did a lot of ministry. And after a lot of ministry, he had to start walking again. So physically tired, emotionally drained in every way. Because when Satan comes against, he'll try to take the life out of you. But God preserves the life of his people. God preserves the life of his servant. And so when he was utterly exhausted, and he came and he spoke to the Lord, he walked to the other direction. So he walked one day's worth of walking. Imagine how tired he must have been. He comes and he talks to God and he goes to sleep. That kind of relationship he had. He knew who God was and he would talk and he knew that God heard it and he went to sleep. This is how we must be. When we pray, we must believe that God is right there. The Bible says he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When God comes and God speaks to us, we must listen. And when we need to talk to God, we must listen too. A lot of times, half the time people don't know what they're praying. They just ramble and they don't even remember what they pray. We must be people who know what we are praying. We need to ask God. We need to thank God. We need to praise Him. We need to know what we are praying. Elijah talked to God. God heard it. And God said, I'll give you more than you ask. Imagine you are not going to die. You have a lot more work to do, Elijah. So Elijah's request was granted in a different way, in a glorious way. Without dying, he went to be with God because he pleased God so much. Now you look at Elijah, he's so exhausted. He did so much for God. And now the enemy is after him. A lot of times, a lot of supernatural revelations and supernatural encounters take place. When the enemy is allowed to relentlessly pursue his people. And they're faithful to God. Because Elijah was so faithful to God. After Elijah told God, Lord, I'm just so tired of these people. They don't even want you anymore. And no matter how many times I do these things, they're after me. to kill me. They don't want your word. They don't want me. I'll just come to you, Lord. And then he goes to sleep. As he was sleeping, God sent an angel with food and with water. The angel comes and he gives Elijah food. You see here verse five and five. As he lay asleep under the broom or juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. You see the love of God. You see how much God cares. You see how much God cares. He cares for his servant who laid down his life, who went to the mountaintop and stood alone and brought fire from heaven. And God is seeing all of that. Now, when he walked away from Jezebel and came to a place here, and he's so exhausted physically and in every way, God didn't say, well, you need sleep and after you get up, I'll have a talk with you. No. God saw how tired he was. God didn't send the ravens now to bring food. God said, oh no. My son, you've accomplished so much for me. You've accomplished so much for me. I'm not going to send a raven for you now. I'm going to send an angel for you now. He sent an angel with food and with drink. So the angel comes and the angel didn't come and leave it somewhere and just disappear. Let him get up when he wants to. Let him eat when he wants to. No. Now, have you seen babies? Newborn especially. When they're born, a lot of them they'll sleep and sleep and sleep. Sometimes as they're feeding, they'll sleep. And you'll have to like twirl the ear a little bit. Or touch their feet a little bit. To wake them up so that they can drink. So they can get their food. That's because the mother cares for the child. Shouldn't say, okay, let him sleep for the next 24 hours. No, because the parent cares. Even though the mom didn't get her sleep, she'll wake up the child to make sure the child gets his or her food. God is the best parent. When he saw Elijah sleeping, we don't know how long he slept. He was so tired. He was out. He sent an angel and the angel comes and he taps him. That's the love of God. He taps him. He just didn't leave the food. And he just didn't go. He came and gave the food. He wanted him to eat while the food is hot. I believe. He just didn't leave it. let it go stay up. Let him get up after another five more hours. No, he brought it fresh from heaven. He gave it to him. He made sure he got up and he, he ate while it's fresh from heaven. This is who our God is. Such a loving God, such a caring God. He cares about your food. God fulfills the desires of those who fear him. In his time, he'll fulfill every desire that is good. God will give it. God will give whatever his people need. He knows how to clothe the flowers of the field. And he says, I'll clothe you better than that. That's how much he loves us. I'll give you what you need. The Bible says, he feeds his people with the finest of wheat. Not with any wheat, but the finest of wheat and the best honey. From the rock. This is who our God is. Our God is so caring. Our God is so loving. He knows what you need. He knows what you need. Even before you ask him. I don't think Elijah said. Lord I'm tired and I'm hungry. You know, Can you give me some food? No he was so tired. One request was. Lord take me home. I'm coming Lord. I want to see you. I'm done with the work here. I'm done. Elijah thought that he was done with his race. Elijah thought that he ran his race and he was done. Elijah thought he came to the finish line. It was over. These people are not changing. I'm really sticking tired of these people. They're trying to come and get my life. I don't want to go into the hands of that heathen. Lord, I'll come to you before that. You take me. He's there laying under this tree, sleeping. We don't know how long he slept. He was so tired, walked for a day. God sends the angel and the angel touches him. And the angel says, get up and eat. You know how Elijah was? Very obedient. He didn't say, well, let me sleep for some more time. I'm so tired. He was not a person who had fear to the extent that I'm going to get up and is Jezebel next to me no he was a very confident man of God a man of faith that's why the Bible brings Elijah and the Bible talks about faith he was a man of faith he was a man who had power over heavens closed the windows of the heavens for three and a half years and opened it again such a powerful man of faith he had no unbelief he was just sick and tired of this Jezebel and Ahab and the nation of Israel. What they were going to do to this man of God who has the anointing of God. He said, I need to get out of here. When the demonic word came, it carried that fear and he ran to God and he talked with God he ran out of the presence of the evil one and he entered into the presence of God we need to be like that anytime anything comes to scare you anytime anything comes to shake you anytime the enemy comes and speaks words of threats words of whatever to scare you it is important for you to get yourself out of that place it's important for you to go straight to God Tell him what you feel. Don't give in to fear. Elijah was not sitting and meditating on his fear. No. The threat carried the fear. And he said, I need to get out of here. And he did the right thing. He moved out of the presence of Jezebel. And he moved away from there. And he went to talk to God. And get the rest that he needed. Wise thing to do. You know, when you... Uh, about across the road and you start crossing and you see a car come what will you say? well I have faith I already started crossing so I'm going to go there anyway no, that'll be foolish you take few steps backwards and you let the car go if he's going to go and then you cross and those kinds of fear that God has put inside of us is healthy fear which will keep us from getting hit The enemy, when he tried to kill Elijah, when his voice through Jezebel carried that fear, Elijah was afraid, but not too afraid to surrender. The fear came and he said, I'm going to do what I should do. Do the right thing. Get away from Jezebel's presence. That's what Joseph did. How can I do such a thing against God? He had enough of God's fear. And he moved away from Potiphar's wife. Ahab moved, Elijah moved from Jezebel's presence where she was after this man of God. He moved away from Jezebel's presence. It's a good thing. The Bible says when they tried to throw Jesus off of the cliff, Jesus passed by them. And at certain times when he knew that they were trying to get him, he removed himself from certain places. Those are good things. Because that was not his time. And he knew that he shouldn't be there. Elijah removed himself from the place where Jezebel was. He moved himself out and went to a place where he can pray. He talked to God and he rested. He didn't stay in a place where the enemy would torment him more because that's not the place he should be anytime the enemy tries to bring any kind of threats it is important for you to remove yourself from the presence of the enemy take yourself to the presence of god and talk to god talk to god and once you talk you know what you should do rest well that's what faith is that's what elijah did he went from where he was when he heard that voice of the enemy, that threat came and that fear came. He said, I'm leaving here. And he walked away from Jezebel's presence. And he walked to where he needed to lay down and rest. He talked to God and he gave his cares to God. And he just laid down and he went to sleep. The Bible says this. When you cast your cares upon him, when you lay your supplications and petitions to God, the peace of God comes and what happens? You rest after that. You just go right to sleep. He's sleeping. God sends an angel to him. He's so important. Elijah was so important. God sent an angel to him to strengthen him. The angel comes and gives him food. And the angel comes and gives them drink. Very different from what people who are filled with demonic spirits many times portray this great man of God to be. He wasn't scared and he wasn't nervous and he wasn't just afraid and suicidal. It's very demonic. This great man of God should not speak wrong of his character. Such a giant in faith. So this man of God came. And he lay down and God is sending an angel. Not to tell him, well, Elijah, you shouldn't have been here. You should have been there. Don't you have faith? You should have stayed where Jezebel was. No, no, because Elijah didn't do anything wrong. Elijah did the right thing, moved because he had the spirit of God inside of him. When that fear came, the spirit of God moved him out of there. He had the wisdom to move out of there. And come to where he needed to be. He was exactly where God wanted him to be. Where which was the will of God. Where it was the will of God. So he's sleeping within the will of God. And God is so pleased with him. He's sending an angel there. To strengthen him. To give him the food that he needs. Physical strength. He walked. That long. And he gave him the food for him to eat. even the drink for him. And not only that. Like a mother would wake up the child. God's love through that angel of God. The minister of God. The servant of God. Angels are ministering servants of God Almighty. To carry the power of God. And the word of God. He's coming giving the food. And giving the water. And he's tapping Elijah. Time to eat. And Elijah gets up. Elijah was such an obedient man of God. He didn't say, some more time. I don't feel like eating. I'm so depressed. That was not Elijah. Elijah was not depressed. It's wrong to say false things about biblical characters. God will come and stand for them. You know, we saw this um, a few days ago. How when Aaron and Miriam were talking, they were talking about themselves in their house. They were talking about Moses. They were saying that Moses shouldn't have done this, Moses shouldn't have married this Ethiopian woman, and this and that. They're talking about about him. Moses was not even there. Because the Bible says they were talking about him, not to him. Moses was not there. Both of them were talking with each other about Moses, and guess who heard it? God heard it because it was about his servant Moses. They are talking. God got really angry, and God came and punished Miriam, the fear of God came upon Aaron and pleaded with Moses. And Moses had to entreat. Intrig- and still, God held on to what he said. He forgave. He healed her of her leprosy, but he didn't do it like that. She had to go through the consequence. Bear the consequence of what she did. It was shortened because Moses interceded. So God hears what is being Spoken of. So when you look at Elijah here, God sees Elijah as a righteous man. That's why it says in the book of James, the righteous man, when he prays with such fervency, it produces much results and it brings Elijah as an example. A man of faith, a man of righteousness, a man of integrity. There's no blemish in him. And this man... Over here, he is lying down, sleeping. So the point is here, just like how when Aaron and Miriam talked about Moses and God heard that and came and punished Miriam. People who talk bad about God's servants, even though they're dead, and but Elijah is not dead. Moses, other servants of God, were dead. And Elijah, who is not amongst us. But people here, they talk about him and they say, well, he was depressed. Well, God hears all of that. A lot of times people won't know why they have curses upon themselves. They won't know why their family is suffering. They won't know why their kids are like this. And many people who speak like this, their kids are gone. They won't even know. Why they're going through what they're going through. Because God's wrath would be upon them. We must be very careful. Elijah was a righteous man of God. What we speak about God's servants, God hears. And so we see here, he was a righteous man of God. He was not depressed. He fell asleep. He's sleeping good. And God sends the angel to wake him up and tell him to eat. Eat, Elijah. You're hungry? Eat. Arise and eat. Eat enough you slept now it's time for you to eat and out of his love god's love he sends the angel from heaven he's so valuable to god an angel from heaven comes and gives him food and water now verse 6 says he looked and behold there was a cake baked on the coals and a bottle of water at his head. nice hot food and he ate and drank and laid down again he was so tired for Elijah he walked for that long he was so tired he didn't say well I ate now I can't stay here because Jezebel may come looking for me let me go and see where I can hide now he was at peace he lay down again and he fell asleep he talked to God already he told him what he wanted to tell and he knew that he heard it and God is responsible for his life he was no more afraid he didn't care After that, what was going to happen? Because he knew his father cared for him. So the angel of the Lord came the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. Now the second time, the food that the angel is bringing is different from the food that he brought the first time. The first time, the food was given for him to eat so that he can go and rest again. So God saw how much rest Elijah needed. It's important for us to know God cares, about your food. God cares about your sleep. God cares about what your body needs because we're human beings. God knows that we need rest. God knows that we need food. God knows that we need clothing. God knows that we need to pay our bills. God knows our needs. God cares about us. When we are about his business, he will take care of everything that pertains to us. Now, The first time was given for him to eat and rest. That's for his body to get strengthened. He needed food. God didn't say, well, fast. No. When it's time to eat, eat. Eat good. Good food. Hot food. God sent an angel to give him. You know how good our God is? When God does something, to each person, it's very unique. The way he does for his people is very unique. He just didn't say, well, I sent manna from heaven, so I'm going to send, send you manna from heaven. And he didn't get up in a whole pile of flakes all over him. No. It didn't happen that way. The food that God gave Elijah is different. Even when the ravens carried, it was different. When the angels brought, it was different. He was so important to God. See, If we want to be important to one person, it should be God. The Bible says John the Baptist was great in the sight of God. There's such a thing as being great in the sight of God. Elijah was great in the sight of God. He sent the angel of God to give him food. Eat. He ate and he went to sleep. He didn't tell him the first time, well, eat this. I need you to get to work. God is not a taskmaster. God loves us so much. He cares. He genuinely cares about our bodily needs. He genuinely cares about our emotional needs. He genuinely cares about our physical needs. He genuinely cares about our spiritual needs. He genuinely cares about the needs of our family. He genuinely cares. He just doesn't give some cold food. But he makes sure he gives us good food, good warm food. That's how loving God is. Second time, the angel comes. After he slept good, the angel comes in the second time. Now he gives him food. Read this, verse 7. First Kings chapter 19, verse 7. The angel of the Lord came the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat for your journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and nights to Horeb, the mount of God. So what happens here? Elijah, the man of God, he eats the second time. And when he's been given the food, there's an instruction that comes with the food. Where the angel says, get up and eat. Your journey is too great. Immediately he got up and ate and he didn't say, let me go to sleep now. He started walking. When we do what God wants us to do, that's when we will actually feel what God has done in our bodies. The second time the food that was given was given to carry him for 40 days and 40 nights all the way to Mount Horeb. Supernatural strength was given by that supernatural food. And it was experienced by Elijah, when he obeyed the command of God, which was, your journey is great. And he knew from here, I'm going to the Mount of God, Horeb. So the direction that he came, he took from Jezebel was to go to the Mount of God. He took a break in the middle after one day's journey. You see, he left Jezebel vicinity and he moved towards the Mount of God to talk to God. There's not a man who was full of despair and he despaired his life and he didn't want to do anything. No, he had a plan. He told God, Lord, take me home. Like Apostle Paul says, I'd rather go to be with God, but because I'm here, I'm more useful for you. That's the reason I'm here, but I really want to be with God. And Elijah was like that. He felt, if I'm not useful for the people here, why am I even here? Lord, I'll come and be with you. My work is over. I did whatever I had to do. Well, the final thing is bring fire from heaven and what more can I do to these people? A great man of God. God cared for him. The second time when the food came and instruction came for him, he ate the food and he began walking. He heard the command of God. Once he heard the command of God, he didn't say, well, let me sleep some more time. No, he started walking towards Mount Horeb. Your journey is too long. Now he has to find out from God, what does God want me to do next? This is what the situation is. What does he want me to do next? He's a man of faith. Once he heard that your journey is too long, he knew that God had a plan. That his time on earth is not over, even though he said, Lord, take me. He never said that again. He didn't say, Lord, take me, take me, take me. No. He only said, what was happening there? So now you see here, the food that he ate carried him for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. One meal from heaven can sustain you physically. That's why Jesus said, He quoted the scripture from the Old Testament. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God's word is so powerful. It can carry you physically. It can carry you spiritually. It can do wonders in your life. It can heal you. It can deliver you. It can supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God provided supernaturally for Elijah. God can do the same for you. The Bible says... He who serves me, him, him will my father honor. Those who serve God, God himself will honor. God honored Elijah. Heaven came and provided for him. And what heaven gave, empowered him for his work ahead. 40 days and 40 nights, he walked with the strength of God's divine provision. It's very beautiful. As God is speaking to us, it takes us right back to our Sunday prophecy that God gave. Whatever we need to do for the work of the Lord, it shall be provided. Supernaturally, it shall be provided. When it's provided by God, it carries that supernatural power of God. It's not like any earthly food. Very different. The power of God The provision of God carries the power of God that takes us to doing the will of God. Until we reach there, that power sustains. Until we go where we need to go, that power of God carries us through. Now, he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He wanted to hear from Elijah. I know you came to talk to me. What do you want to talk, Elijah? What are you here for? This is who our God is. He cares about us. Our God is a God who talks to us. If you take notes, write this down. Our God is a living God who talks to us. He cares about us. He says, what are you here for, Elijah? As if he doesn't know. He knows, but he wants to hear from us. He knows our thoughts. He knows why we even came he knows everything just like how we heard sunday all your thoughts god knew and god spoke because he cares he loves you so he talked to you god talked to elijah why are you here elijah what are you doing here and he replied i've been very zealous for the lord god of hosts for the Israelites." have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword. And I, I only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. That's all he said. You don't hear him just, you you don't hear him say over here, wow, Lord, take my life. No, he didn't say that because he heard from the angel that you have a long way to go. So he's just saying what Jezebel wants to do. You can tell God. God knows it already, but you can tell God. It's a child-like, innocent relationship with a father. Will you just tell what's in your heart? Lord, this is what this woman is doing. She's bothering me. He is bothering me. You can go tell God that. And God will be there to tell you what you need to do. Elijah is telling, Lord, I've been zealous for you. have been doing all these things. And this woman is trying to kill me now. And so much I've done, Lord. And these people have no regard for your word. These people have done all these things. And only I'm left your servant. And this is what they're even trying to do to me. Everything is connected with God, you see. It's not about Elijah. It's about God. It's about his prophets. It's about him. Being one among his prophets, so he was the prophet among all prophets, Now God says you have to hear this. God didn't talk anything about Jezebel verse eleven, and he said, "Go out and stand on that mount before the Lord, and behold the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent. And God is saying this, he's saying, "Go and stand over there." He heard the voice of God, God is going to come he says i'm going to talk I'm going to come actually there." Go and stand there. And so when he did, the Lord is passing by. And a great strong wind rent the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But The Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. So you have all these things happening because God Almighty is coming down. You see a huge wind and you see the earthquake all these things are happening before. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of gentle, still, small voice. You don't see Elijah saying that, oh, well, earthquakes, I am perishing. and know I am doomed. And no, he's very confident because God told him he's going to talk to him. Even the earthquake, everything is happening. His eyes are on God. God is going to talk to him. He said he's going to come. And he's waiting for God. That's all we need to be. No matter what happens, our focus should be on God. Our focus should be on God. He was still waiting. When Elijah heard the voice, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Look at the look at the desire he had. With all of that, he knew the glory of God is that when he heard that voice, he knew this is the voice I'm used to this is my God, this is my God, a God of love. When he talks to those whom he loves, it's a gentle, tender, sweet voice. God spoke to Elijah and he knew this is the voice, this is my God. And immediately he wrapped himself and he went out because he knew this is his God. God is speaking and God is Asking the same thing again. What are you doing here, Elijah? It's very interesting. to see God is asking the same question. He's saying the same answer. A loving father. Asking in a loving way. And Elijah is like a little child, full of faith, saying the same thing to him. Because that was the real problem. He was a man of God. When I say man of God, he was a mature prophet of God. He's stating the problem before his Lord and his God, whom he serves. He said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and slain your prophets with the sword. And I, I only am left and they seek my life to destroy it. And the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. No talk about Jezebel. God says, this is the work I have for you. I see it. God didn't even talk anything about Jezebel. You know what? She can't do anything. And Elijah didn't ask about that. After God said, well, you need to go to Damascus and you need to do this. And then he didn't say, well, what's going to happen to Jezebel? Lord, Will she come after me? And are you going to destroy her? Nothing. If it doesn't concern God, it doesn't concern you. Elijah didn't worry about it at all. He told God this and God didn't bother with it. He didn't bother with it after that. When God told him, this is what you're going to do, Elijah. And that's all mattered to him. We need to be just like that. We need to be people of God, who are rooted and grounded in his word. Have no fear whatsoever. When the enemy tries to scare you, it is very important. You leave the place of the enemy and go straight to God. The God can strengthen you. Where God can speak to you. Where God can give you the power to do what he has called you to do. That's all matters to us. Not what the devil does, but what God does. Our focus has to be all that God wants to do in our lives. And wants to do through our lives. Then you see, God says, anoint Jehu. And then anoint Elisha. And now God says over here. I will leave myself 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, every mouth that has not kissed him. So Elijah left there and found Elisha, son of Shapheth, whose plowing, was being done with 12 yoke of oxen, and he drove the 12th. Elijah crossed over him and cast his mantle upon him. What a glorious thing. God is telling Elijah here, you're going to anoint Elijah to be your successor. Elijah is going. He's not asking God. So what's going to happen to me? Is just we're going to no, no. He stuck with what God told him to, and then there came a point after that, where God told him that he's never going to see death. He's going to take him up. It's important to trust God. When God doesn't speak about something. Don't be sitting obsessed with it. When God doesn't tell you about something, know that. It's not important to him. If it's not important to him, it's not important to you. If he's talking about something else, focus on that. When you focus on that, this will actually become totally irrelevant to you. Satan won't be able to use anything in your life to produce fear or to make you feel lonely or to drag you down. As long as... You don't give room for that. The best place for a child of God. When the enemy comes in. With threats. Is to run away from him. And run towards God. Elijah was not in a place where. More threats were set. And he was not sitting and hearing. And weeping and crying. No. Once he heard it. He moved out of there. Never stay in the place of depression. Never stay in. The place of anxiety. Never stay in the place of the enemy coming and haunting you with anything. Don't give room for that. Move out of that zone. Move out of that zone. Go to God and speak to God. When you talk to God, God will talk to you. When he talks to you, you will feel that strength. Come to the presence of God. Come to the house of God. As you come to his presence, the spirit of God will just strengthen you. With that strength, you'll be able to go a long distance. You'll be able to hear God. You'll be able to do what God wants you to do. As we close our eyes and look to the Lord this night. May this word that God has spoken. Go deep within your spirits. No matter what the enemy may try to do. He has no power over you. As long as you don't give power to the enemy, the enemy won't have any power over you. Yes, the threats may appear real. But it's not. Because your life is in the hands of God Almighty. Your future is in the hands of God Almighty. And God has a plan for you. God has something glorious planned for you. God wants you to take in his hands and use you all the more. You have a long way to go. You have a long way to go. And you have greater things to accomplish for God Almighty. Don't listen to the voice of Jezebel. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy. Don't give room to the voice of Lucifer. Don't give room to the enemy that tries to kill the work of God in your life. Don't give room to depression don't give room to loneliness don't give room to fear don't give room to anxiety don't give room to anger because you have a long way to go you have more work for god that you need to do that god wants to do through you run to the presence of god Run to the presence of God. Let the Lord feed you with his food. Let the Lord give you his drink. Let the Lord strengthen you so that you can serve him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's joy in the presence of the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God is a God of love. He cares about your body. He cares about your soul. He cares about how you feel. He cares about what you think. He just wants to hear from you. Hallelujah. And he never insults anyone. He never says, oh, don't you know she can't do anything? He didn't say any of those things because he knew that the threats were real. But he's far greater than the threats of Jezebel. So he didn't even talk about it. Elijah he talked about what Elijah needed to do when Elijah heard that from God he knew that that's all he needs to know because if he has a work for God if he has a work to do for God that means Jezebel will not or will not be able to do anything to Elijah's life hallelujah if God says God has a work for you to do nothing can stop you from accomplishing God's work. The only person who can stop it is you. If you stay where Jezebel is and keep talking about Jezebel all the time, then you won't be able to accomplish what God wants you to do. You can very well be taken over by Jezebel. But it's important to take the threat seriously and move out of there and go into the presence of God. So that God can do something mighty inside of you so that God can feed you, so that God can strengthen you, so that God can give you the drink you need, so that God can tap you and wake you up and cause you to move forward so that God can give you the rest that you need there. So much God wants to do in you before you can go and do anything for God. God wants to prepare you. He wants to give you the rest you need. He wants to feed you. He wants to take you closer to Him. He wants you to hear Him. Be empowered by him. And then go. Do what you need to do for him. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for your word that you have spoken. Lord, we thank you. You are by our side. We thank you, Jesus. A thousand may fall at our side. And ten thousand at our right hand. But it shall not come near us. Thank you, Lord. You're so caring. You're so loving. Oh, Jesus. You know everything about us. You know everything about us. Yet, Lord, you want to hear from us. You're the only one, Father. You're the only one who can be so understanding, who can be so caring, who can impart life and strength into us. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. I pray may this word impart strength into your people, Father, that they may. Receive everything that you have for them as they meditate on this word that you are given, O oh, Father. That they may never be where fear is. May they never be where Jezebel is. May they move out of that place and move to where God is. May they have conversations with you. May they rest in your presence. Lord, may they rest in your presence. May they be fed by you, nourished by you, Father. May they move away from where the enemy is and move where God is. Hallelujah. Move to where God is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Continue to bless your people, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, and bless your people with all your blessings, Oh, the blessings of God. They may be firm in the ways of the living God. That they may understand the love of God all the more. That they may experience the love of God all the more. that They may move from where torment is. They may move away from where torment is. They may move away from where threats are. They may move away from where the enemy is. Move to where God is. Rest in your presence. Talk to you. Be strengthened by you, Father. Lord, may they do whatever it takes to be in the presence of God so that you can do great and mighty things in their lives. And thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.